Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Marvel Hacks, uh, I guess season 5, episode 6, but this is kind of going to be an add-on as we jump into our Captain Marvel review. Uh, on the line tonight, I have the full complement of folks for the Marvel Hacks, uh, including that guy that pops in every once and then on the line tonight. It's the Sandman. Sandman, say what's happening. Did you up, people? What's going on? Ain't nothing, man. Just chilling on a nice Sunday. Uh, I guess morning. We rarely get a chance to record this early. On the line tonight, also is Brother Beavis. Brother Beavis, say what's happening. Hey, what's up? Hey, man. Thanks for the uh, suggestion of the early call. Uh, I do appreciate it. It'll prevent me from editing late into the night tonight. And also on the line tonight, uh, it's Big Hutch. Big Hutch is joining us for the Captain Marvel review. Ten thirty is too early. Even though I know it's at uh, eleven thirty. <laughs> Yeah, this is the spring forward day. I woke up and it was still dark outside, which is not that uncommon for when I normally wake up. When I looked at my phone, I was like, oh, dang, it must be storming or it was like clouds or something. I was like, oh, that's bad, but I forgot about the spring ahead. So we're going to spring right ahead into this review. No blurred notes, nothing like that. Uh, before we get into the review, though, let's talk about some of the stuff that was ahead of uh, the Captain Marvel movie. There was a lot of hate. There was the uh, the down uh, ratings on Rotten Tomatoes by fanboys who, you know, I guess it's just taken to a disliking of Brie Larson and her wanting to include women of color in the in the press tour. Uh, there was the Alita challenge. Did y'all hear about that? Yeah, I know all about it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, to, to recap. To recap, I was like, yeah, well, since they don't want us to see this movie, what must be essentially white fanboys, they don't want us to see this movie. We're going to support Alita because I don't fucking know, because it's a cartoon <laughs> character, essentially. <laughs> That's basically yeah. it. Yeah, and, uh, it was stupid. I mean, they I mean, brought that on themselves then. That, yeah. that, that backfired. <laughs> yeah, go see Alita. Enjoy. Yeah. yeah, go enjoy whatever the hell that movie is to begin with. I mean, so just a lot of stuff. Like, to the point. Go ahead, sorry. Man. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say, it didn't even work, by the way. Like uh, Captain Marvel beat it by, like, oh, only a uh, hundred-something million dollars for the weekend or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. so. <laughs> so congratulations, y'all, you morons. Yeah, yeah. Owning the Marvel people by going to see a terrible bad movie. Um, so, yeah, so it, there was that. It, it, it was just a whole lot going on, and I think... You know, the down run on Rotten Tomatoes, I think they had the, the Rotten Tomato thing at something like 58%, the lowest like Marvel movie ever, with the audience rating thing was like 96%, so obviously a huge disconnect there. And then, Brother Beavis, you brought this up uh, the other day, too, in the text chat. So, so surprisingly, Shazam is getting all this positive Rotten Tomato stuff yeah. before this movie comes out. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, um, it's this, just funny. Like, even if you are a vocal minority of you know this is comics are still like a fringe culture like people that actually care about it i'm you know there's a big difference between people who are like oh that looks fun i'm gonna go spend twelve dollars on that and don't care you know aren't looking for the little stuff i mean the comic book fans that care about marvel versus dc is such a small group and if you're the loudest idiot from that group you're still an idiot and you're one of many so just like the, the whole idea that that people can influence anything in a meaningful way in via social media or these other things it's just stupid it's just a waste yeah. of everybody's time they're influencers yeah as much as yeah as much as we like hate you. on dc i mean like you said it's from a perspective of i would rather it was good i would rather that there was double the amount of good comic book stuff to be into um mm -hmm. but you know i don't we i don't think we we want it to fail it's just they keep doing right. it over and over again and then when somebody yeah. tells you you're wrong and it's really good it's like uh no that's an issue it this movie's mm -hmm. terrible you can do better you should do better and don't 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 mess with the stuff that's working yeah it's, uh, right. there was uh, something on twitter i saw where somebody was like you know some dc whatever fans trolls whatever you want to call it were like oh look at that rotten tomato thing you know uh you know for marvel blah 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 trying to laugh and the person's response was like oh so now dc people care about rotten tomato ratings because before <laughs> rotten tomato, oh, they're, all, they're all shit it doesn't matter but uh -huh. <laughs> And now it's an issue. I mean, it's just, it's a hot mess. It's a hot mess. Again, I've, I've gone on my rants on here about our embrace the debate culture, which is, you know, at, 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 at its 
at its worst is kind of what we're seeing about this. So, uh, yeah, so the Alita Challenge didn't work. Uh, Sandman brought it up. At the estimate of the box office for Captain Marvel is going to be upwards of a plus of $150 million, you know, one of the hottest March openings, blah, 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 blah. Disney knows how to make money. Like, that's really not an issue sound for us. So, let's get into the movie in and of itself. Um, you know, kind of like uh, before we started hitting record, you know, Hutch said he had some concerns with it. I enjoyed it. Sandman's seen it twice. Um, so I, I guess we just got to jump in really to it. One of my parts of it that I did find it that I didn't really enjoy was the uh, the opening. Well, scratch that. Okay, how are you feeling with the Stan Lee opening over the logo, Hutch? I was fine with that. I mean, he is the whatever. He's the, he's the face of Marvel or the whatever, supreme editor, supreme ruler, whatever. So, yeah, I'm fine with that. Stanley forever. Sandman. Yeah, Sandman, were you okay with it? Not okay in the sense of, like, oh, why did they do that? I mean, okay in, like, how was your heartstrings, I think, was what the better question. Oh, yeah. I, um, on my um, original viewing, there was quite a uh, outpouring of a, um, affection from the crowd, and uh, everybody was applauding, uh, so it went over really well. So it was a nice little surprise. It was a good, good um, it, it um, yeah. showed all of his Marvel appearances and um, MCU films anyway, and, uh, Unexpected. I thought it was very nice. Nicely done. Yeah. Uh, Brother Beavis, you're okay with that? How's your heart? Oh, yeah. I, I felt it, too. Uh, um, I thought it was pretty strong. And I wasn't I wasn't aware, I wasn't sure that, there, that he actually had a cameo. And for a second, I was thinking maybe this was in lieu of. Um, mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, no, I thought it was cool. I don't know if they'll carry it forward or it's just, you know, one and done because of the timing. This is the first movie out since he passed. So, um yeah, I don't know. It was I. It, I definitely felt something. Yeah, it was a collective kind of like, oh, like you know, like that groan <laughs> of damn, uh, in our theater, like when it popped up, and it's like, oh, that sticks. Yeah, so I really pulled on there. All right, but then jumping into the movie in and of itself, probably my biggest whatever complaint moving forward on this review will be about the intro because I did find the introduction to the movie a little bit confusing. You know, up to the point, and oh yeah, you say, man, you told me to do it and I forgot. If you are haven't seen this movie, and you, we are going to spoil the crap out of it coming from this point. So, three, two, one. Okay, Spoilers. so, yeah, yeah, here we go. Yeah. So, the opening of the movie with the idea, not the stuff with the flashback stuff, because they come back and explain that a little bit later, but once they get to the planet where they're, you know, going to rescue uh, these people, and then they turn out to be scrolls or whatever. Like the way it was shot uh, made it a little bit confusing. The the switching between characters didn't make it confusing. But I didn't. I, the first like twenty fifteen or twenty minutes or so, I didn't really care for that part of it too, uh, too much. Uh, so back around the room, uh, Brother Beavis, what were you thinking about the opening? I mean, it was just a random action sequence. I think the downside is when you set these scenes in the dark and then you start putting fast-moving action on top of it it becomes almost un- unable to follow i mean it was right. it was just a plot device to get from to from the beginning to the next point which was to start to unlock her memories so it was fine it was just yeah. it was a, a generic opening piece Hutch. yeah i um it was a lot of moving stuff uh, for a little bit there i thought it was the matrixy kind of stuff yeah, yeah all that yeah it was kind of fast-moving stuff Sandman. Yeah, it was. It moved a little fast. I agree that uh, it was a little confusing at times, especially uh, so many bodies running around in the dark, trying to keep track of them. Sometimes it was a little confusing. I, uh, it took like the second viewing till I, I kind of knew what everything was kind of going on. But uh, it was fine. I would have rather if they had uh, spent a little more time on um, Hala, which is the Cree homeworld, and um, like yeah establish that a little more there like a little more because you know you basically have uh two uh, two sh- two shots of the um at the very beginning when sh- when she's awakened and then them fighting and um that's about all you see so um there was a this movie tried to do a lot of stuff that i mean we'll get into that later but uh yeah it was, uh, i think it would have been harder for them to delve too much into the creed culture given the shocking twist of the movie yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Shocking. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's that. And I just, yeah, that first part I was just like, I mean, I'm not in uncomfortable bad, but I was just sitting there like, I'm not sure if I 100% know what's going on. 
and that kind of messed me up a little bit. So let's just jump into the villains, air quotation mark, of the scrolls. Um, kind of what were y'all thinking of the scrolls in and of itself? You know, Talon being the lead one there. Um, you know, what did y'all think of the scroll? Well, actually, you know what? Skip that. What did you think of the supreme intelligence way? Because I'm trying to explain to my kids and my spouse. Okay, actually, the supreme intelligence really looks like the Kool-Aid man with no legs, but green. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I was like, uh, maybe they wouldn't be able to render that, Hutch. How are they going to render the supreme intelligence on there instead of making it, you know, some 60-plus-year-old actress? Yeah, I think with uh, the, the fact that they didn't go the Kool-Aid man route, at least for a fraction of a second or a hint to it in some way, was a missed opportunity. Because it would have been yeah. dumb, but at the same time, mm -hmm you know this conversation is going to follow somewhere on somebody's obscure podcast about how <laughs> the supreme intelligence is the Kool-Aid man without legs. You know, kind of yes. like, and the best analogy is like what they did with Arnim Zola in uh, Winter Soldier, right? So mm -hmm. they just gave you a flash of his distorted face on a screen, and, and then you could tell your kids, oh, see, because that's because he's really got this big body with like a tuning fork on his head, and his face is in his stomach, and they look at you like you're stupid. And so we didn't get that opportunity, and, and that, you know, that that's a loss. <laughs> Hutch, I don't think you're an Annette Benning fan, except for maybe, uh, what was that movie with Kevin uh, Spacey? Uh, is she in that movie? Yeah, American, American, uh, American, Beauty. American Horror. American, American Beauty. Beauty. American yeah, Beauty, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of that version of being the supreme intelligence? Uh, that, it was very shaky. Very, very shaky yeah. indeed. And, and then at the end part, we'll get to, yeah, that. Yeah, we'll get there. Sandman, Supreme Intelligence, Annette yeah. Benning. Yeah, yeah, they kind of cheated doing that. It was like, I mean, I don't really mind not seeing this damn gigantic blob with tentacles coming out of his head, green blob, or whatever the hell the color is supposed to be. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I was fine with that, but yeah, they did kind of cheat a little bit on that, so, eh. I'm there's a lot of cheating in this movie. Yeah, there is a, there's yeah, some there cheating. There's cut in the corners, for there sure. There's a whole lot um, so, speaking of green people, then, let's get to the scroll. So, the movie opens up, Carol gets captured, uh, she gets captured by the scrolls, they work in trying to take um, her memories, or trying to piece her memories together, um, looking for something, which we'll get to later, and this leads to this escape scene where she escapes from the scroll world and winds up on Earth. But, in general, like, what did you think of the scrolls? Like, you know, there's a portion of me that's like, man, you know, they're not green enough, man. I need more no more cowbell. That's basically it. I was like, <laughs> I need them to be greener. But beyond that, like, what was your interpretation of them before they get to Earth? Because I have a completely different interpretation of once they get to Earth. Uh, Sam, man, what do you think of the scrolls before on the ship? They even had the little baby scrolls that were doing the, the scientific scrolls, which I thought was a yeah. huge freaking throwback. Yeah, yeah, the... I didn't even understand that until like recently, right? Um, uh, that they were because I was like, well, what, what is up with those tiny scrolls? And then I was like, oh, that's right, they got mm -hmm. yeah, the, the baby scrolls, like you just said. But uh, yeah, I don't know what what um, they could have done to satisfy me completely because, like, like you said, if they could have been more green or more sinister looking or whatever, I don't know what it would have taken to hundred uh, percent satisfy me. I thought it was fine for what they did. Um, it didn't look as I was a little more worried actually because from uh, the trailers I didn't think they looked that great originally but they, I thought they looked fine mm -hmm. the, the, yeah. the skin, te skin textures and stuff and the graphics um, when it came down to it I thought it did the job so I gotta say I gotta give them a pass um, I thought they were fine for the most part so okay. yeah Brother Beavis the scrolls before Earth yeah I think they I mean, they—they're kind of—they're never really portrayed. I mean, outside of perhaps Secret Invasion, as like a truly legitimate threat. I mean, they're all—they are kind of <clears throat> bumbling. I mean, they do come from a lot of Fantastic Four stories too. So, yeah, I think they captured some of that. You know, the kind of bumbling nature of them. I don't think their shape changing was—that—that that was more for me. It wasn't like as fluid or you know, I don't know. It seemed like they're. They should have been better at shape changing, but I agree um, with that too. They, they were fine. Yeah, I agree with that too. Yeah. Yeah. You mean the, the CGI? You mean? Well, just that it like actually took yeah, them really? a while, and yeah, I mean, because you would think that they could more kind of fluidly slip between forms, 
but mm -hmm. it was actually more of an exertion and you could see all the transformations and, and I don't know I, it just that seemed like it could have been more interesting um, and then you know I I'm surprised that there weren't any apparent seeds laid for a super scroll um, yeah but who knows yeah well on the ship when she makes her escape she does uh, run up against the the bulked up scroll like it was much bigger than all the other ones I was like oh if he freaking yeah, gets a fist of orange here you know super scroll. Yeah, that, that would have been that would have been cool yeah well again free rights situation here you know where you know maybe since they hadn't introduced the other ones it wouldn't have made a whole bunch of sense but i guess it would have been a, a badass easter egg i guess hush what'd you think of the scrolls before they went to earth the, yeah they were there they were um green they were changing shape yeah they were whatever yeah <laughs> damn <laughs> There's the no. Yeah, so you don't get that type of analysis on every podcast, folks. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I, I'm saving the, I'm saving there. the good shit. Yeah, they, they were green. Yeah. Um, okay, so she escapes. She finds finds her way to or falls her way or whatever to Earth. Uh, she winds up in a blockbuster, which was a way good throwback or whatever for you know anybody under the certain age to how big big blockbuster was and then we get the introduction of um uh nick fury and this is de-aged sam jackson uh way de-aged uh i mean it had to take up a good percentage of the budget for uh, the production budget to have him de-aged like that for a whole ass movie you know we've seen that de-aging you know in certain things you know where we saw it for you know princess leia for you know 10 seconds in uh rogue one and uh you know a little bit more with grandma Don't tarkin correct. or whatever I guess mm -hmm. so. They really there went all go. the way off on this because he was DA's the entire movie. And, so, a, and he had um, two eyes too. Yes, and two eyes. We'll get to that. <laughs> and uh, so you also get Agent Coulson as well. Agent Coulson is Kinda. there, and later, yeah, and you and you get Maria Hill a little bit later, and this leads to this, you know, this chase or whatever that you saw on the trailer where you know uh, Captain Marvel gets on the train, beats up this old lady. And, you know, the scrolls have infiltrated when they, because they followed her to Earth. You know, Coulson winds up being a, a scroll. Um, and, uh, uh, I keep, Ben Mendelsohn, Talon also winds up becoming a, a major portion inside of S.H.I.E.L.D. as he is, uh, infiltrated this whole thing and so it becomes this big plot. So, you know, kind of this early middle portion of it, you get a little bit of action. You see her get to use her powers. You know, kind of what do you think of that part, Brother Beaver? Um, yeah, so the I mean the arc from where from like Blockbuster into the Project Pegasus, um, yeah, on, on you know, the train I thought and that, all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why they keep going to these train scenes. It seems like every it was how many movies now have like a fight on a train? Um, yeah. <laughs> it was. I mean, it, again, I think it the movie still is sort of finding its way. I think the mm. the intrigue of of the scrolls being in a part of the shield chain of command that puts nick fury out on the odds and you know colson's very green at this point no pun intended no nope, um, you know it was it was pretty brisk <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was moving quick so the blockbusters throwback scene hutch what were you thinking all all the way through the scene uh through the train scene yeah just it was um yeah the blockbuster i kind of miss them it was a nice little throwback oh, yeah. piece. I mean, they, they ain't been gone that long. It's only about, well, now 12 years, I guess. It's only 13 years. That's pretty long. I still one left. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think, and uh, yeah, you're getting out of press because of this movie. Yeah. yeah right. I think the movie takes a, like what Brother B was kind of alluded to, I think the movie takes its best turn here after this scene where it winds up focusing just on Captain Marvel and Nick Fury. Like when you take out the scrolls and you take out all the other stuff as they're starting to unravel her past, I think that's kind of where it starts to hit its stride. You know, those two have really good chemistry together. You know, the humor, the beats and jokes work for me, at least they work for me, you know, as they're going through this whole process and their escape. What is that noise? Hello? Don't know. Somebody's phone yeah. is tripping. Okay. I don't know. I hear it too. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway. So, yeah, I thought the movie kind of started to pick up its points and paces at that point. Uh, Sam, man, what would you think of that? Like, kind of once they get 
captured in Pegasus and to their escape and on their way out. What did you think there? Yeah, there's um, um, a lot of uh, dialogue between um, um, Carol Danvers and uh, Nick Fury and stuff. So you, they, they're starting to get to know each other. They started all the backstory but between her past and his past is starting to come out. So um, there's not a there, well, there, there's some action, but there's a lot of dialogue. I've heard some of the complaints were that people uh, thought it was boring, but they had to kind of establish, you know, what was uh, uh, their history and stuff. So they. Um, uh, I thought it was handled fairly well from here. You know, the the whole uh, part with the train. I thought that the, that was standard action. Uh, it was okay. Uh, and then they got into the um, Project Pegasus and uh, got all the backstory down. So um, it was pretty good. I thought. Uh, and then that's the, when the scroll comes in too. I'm kind of leaping ahead too. So um, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I liked it. We skipped the uh, Mallrats cameo, Stan Lee makes his cameo in there as well. I saw Kevin Smith like on an Instagram yeah. post, and he was a crying was fool. Crying that essentially again. they made Mallrats a part of the, the MCU, you know, canon, uh, Brother Beavis. Uh, it was, it was yeah, great. That, that I, was I thought cool. that was awesome. Yeah, I thought that yeah, was Yeah, that was cool. And then I, there's, point. you know, the analysis of, so what does that mean? If that was the actual Stan Lee, and he exists <laughs> in a world with cartoon characters, that are there someone's making a movie about cartoon characters about people who recount yeah there's the whole you get into yeah. this uh mind loop at that point but yeah that was cool um it's yeah. funny for a movie that you know the the to from 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 him to be critically acclaimed of clerks made on a bunch of borrowed credit cards to getting a big budget and making it you know come out a bomb that a lot of people hate to then, like you said, be sort of legitimized by putting back into the most successful yeah. franchise in history, in movie history. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I guess yeah, he probably I mean, would feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I would be laid out too. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was really cool. Um, what did you? I mean, we're kind of getting into that point where they're together on their own, and we're starting to unravel her history. Brother Beavis said this kind of before we started recording, Hutch, that. It's movie started to remind him a little bit of Iron Man, like the original Iron Man movie in terms of, I'm assuming the tone, uh, Brother Beavis, but kind of, do you get those feelings? Because I got Winter Soldier feelings too, once they were together, kind of like when uh, Widow and Captain America were together, kind of just making this trek across the country to do something. It felt very familiar. What do you think, Hunk? I thought, uh, yeah, I thought the movie was really slow at the beginning. Uh... And yeah, the uh, mm -hmm. the dialogue at the beginning, it's like it's like Sam Jackson was pulling Miss Marvel in or Fury, just calling Fury. Uh, yeah, yes. you know, but it was starting to, you know, it, it was slow and working it in. It, it was a slow build up. Yeah. But they get to that point of the, the movie, you know, we start to unravel her past, she's going to take a trip out, and we've had these flashback scenes throughout the entire movie, mm -hmm. so we flash... In the present, we, you know, she goes and goes and sees Monica Rambeau's mother, who was her kind of co-pilot while they were training. And, you know, we start to unravel this story, you know, where she was there, little Monica is there, you know, they had this whole life together. To be perfectly honest with you, I was like, are they going to make them a couple? Because it very much felt like they were a couple. <laughs> And I was like, so you're going to really piss off all these fanboys now if you make her gay, too. And um, I was what, like, you know, this... I, uh, you know, I don't know. They were already pissed off, so I don't know if right. you could have made so them any right. angrier. Right. So, yeah. nah. so, but you unravel that history and, you know, it, you know, kind of trying to figure out who she was before all this happened. The scrolls come again, Talon and a couple of dudes. And then this is where, and I think this is probably where Hutch's breaking point was, is that you get this sense now that the scrolls really aren't bad guys. The Kree are the bad guys. And the scrolls are just kind of, um, you know, Whatever. I mean, there's They're that scene which I didn't really. Yeah. That, yeah. Go ahead then, Hodge. Like I, I kind of yeah, thought they, this is where, where you were well, heading. Well, in my going back to my uh, early reading days, the scrolls were evil beyond evil. There was nothing good about them. They would take your identity. Mm -hmm. They would take over your planet and this and that. They, I mean, they had no redeeming value. But as of late, uh, I guess they are trying to give more of a. Hey man, we lost our world, or you know, we're just the Cree always bother us. We're we're, we're minorities, <laughs> or we're you know, we're just trying to hang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Green Lives Matter. Uh, Is that what we're saying? Green Lives Matter. Yeah. Well done, sir. Well done. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just I, I, that and now now it scrolls on Earth. This was the part where I was just like, you know, again having to take a paradigm shift from the comic books or whatever. You know, they're on Earth again. Ben Mendelsohn, talent or whatever. He got jokes. He's sipping on a, a cup from like the movie theater or whatever. I was just like, this is kind of weird because you really do view the scrolls as kind of some bad mofos. But in the story that they're telling, the, the Kree are the bad mofos, and it's not the, the scrolls. But, so. but the Kree are bad right. too. Don't 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 get it. Yeah, they're, well, they're, they're, they're yeah. They're They've both been portrayed as that, you know, throughout the years. That's both both races. Usually, it's just whatever human group, superhero group, caught in the middle, and uh, the Kree and the scroll are just used as usually a means to an end, and they're both evil, generally. Like Phoenix Saga, no, they're both they, kind of they, they, they had they had their own uh, agendas. And we're just puny humans yeah, to take them. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just so I don't forget it. Well, actually, end, so know? I did some research yeah. on the the original Kree Skull Scroll War. If I'm not mistaken, there was a uh, a some cosmic entity that gave them each a challenge, and they had to create some wonder. And the scrolls were selected as they like they like won the challenge, and then the Kree were pissed and and did something to the scrolls either like murdered a bunch of them or uh, mm. destroyed a city or something like that so i think going back the scroll the kree really really were the aggressors that started the kree scroll scroll war mm. yeah and i, I think in the modern era galactus has eaten their planet so they've been looking for a new place <laughs> uh, yeah. beyond that i don't know that would have been awesome so, if they had dropped that in there like hey yeah uh, by we, the don't, way, we don't need our a big gigantic cloud anymore or, 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 Hey, yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah. The <laughs> whatever works. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. Before I forget about it, because it'll come back towards, uh, maybe back towards the end. The idea that they did introduce Monica Rambo, uh, it's going to be a perfect age for her when they bring it back to like the present day or whatever. How they're going to give her powers—that's a whole other story. But at least they actually introduced that character. I've been saying for a while now that you're, you're three-fifths to the ultimates at this point. You know, you got Captain Marvel, you'll have Photon, you'll have Black Panther. That's three-fifths of them. You're only missing, you know, America Chavez and Blue Marvel. I mean, that's the ultimate. So uh, the fact that they did introduce that was, uh, for me, like, oh, yay, this is what we were hoping for. Uh, so the movie starts to get into its wrap-up third act where, you know, they have to go on this mission, the scrolls are to find this missing thing. Carol Danvers, or not Carol Danvers, but Marvell, played by the same actress that was the Supreme Intelligence, you know, the, the his, her past is unraveled and it finds out, you know, that Judd, Jude Law is the actual villain. You know, they're calling her Vers because they were looking, what was that thing called? The... So the, I'm gonna just call it the Neogenic Recombinator because that's just the easiest thing to say. <laughs> the time, the, the pro- warp engine. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So they were working on that, and that's how Carol wound up getting her powers. But she was all confused because it blew up when Jude Law tried to steal it, and Marvel was really, you know, working to help out the, the Skrulls, not the other way around. And so now that plot or that has been unraveled, and now you find out that the Kree are the enemies. They go up there, they rescue the Skrulls. Um, in the ship or whatever that uh, that Marvel had sent the scrolls up there, yeah, and then they can and then the scrolls come, or excuse me, then the Kree come in, and then you have like your kind of final battle over the last twenty minutes or so. You get an appearance by uh, Ronan and the Accusers. Uh, you get a big space battle. You know, I mean, it's kind of it turns into a comic book movie for sure in the third act. You know, she gets unencumbered by being held back. And, you know, she unleashes full... Essentially, I'm looking like, well, shit, that's binary now. She's freaking gone binary. And she unleashes yeah. full binary powers, yeah, on pretty mm-hmm. much anything and anyone around her. And, you know, which, again, once it got into the comic book portion of it, I was like, oh, this is really cool. You get a chance to see her, you know, kind of unleashed. So, like, kind of around the room as it's starting to wrap up, you know, Hutch, what did you think about that? I, the, I think the best part of the movie was the fight scene... Mm-hmm. Uh, near yeah, the end yeah the end where she kind of it finally went and showed all her powers and everybody was exposed to what they were and she pretty much uh, resolved it um uh, Hutch or, Sam, or Brother Beavis 
Yeah, I think uh, one of the things that had me put off before the movie was like I couldn't understand how they were going to weave all the timelines together. And mm -hmm. pretty much when she gets her powers, I was like, oh, okay, I get it now. Um, <laughs> so that helped. And I, I think one of the problematic aspects, or the problematic aspects of her character are, you know, she gets her powers from a man who she's modeled herself after. And so the fact mm -hmm. that here Marvel is a woman and, you know, she gets powers through her own action uh, as a result of, of Marvel's developments, I think, you know, that, that sort of skews away from some of the more problematic elements of that character. And I thought that uh, the whole sequence where she's squared off against the Supreme Intelligence and she has to get up, you know, in all her various forms, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, the comparison I think you have to make, if you're, if you're going to ignite the DC Marvel fire, then you have to mm -hmm. put this against uh, Wonder, Wonder Woman, right? And mm -hmm. the signature right. scene of that is the trench. And, right. Right. you know, I would put the scene where she, you know, breaks off her power inhibitor and, and goes nuts for the next 20 minutes. I would, mm -hmm. I would put that favorably against the trench scene from Wonder Woman, and Amen. I think as a whole, this movie is better than that. Uh, I would agree with that too. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Oh uh, yeah, I think like once it gets into again being a comic book movie, like it really it works a lot better. And I think you know, in a sense, they even though they didn't have to do so much world building in this movie, they had to do a whole lot of world building because of the time well not jump but the time back because you couldn't you know you had to step on certain landmines to make sure that they went off and there are some parts of it too that don't make a whole lot of sense you know the tesseract part you know that doesn't add up into what has been told in marvel history before is that they found the tesseract when they were you know looking for captain america you know you know and there was that you know and there's the stuff with goose and you know and being like you know this crazy cat or whatever so you know you know, try to, you know, help me out with that. So they're saying, man, you know, how did that work out in terms um, of, like, kind of those things that didn't match up with what we know in the future? Well, as far as the Tesseract, yeah, but there's a gap between the point that was a Captain America, um, a first Avenger, where they get the Tesseract from the um, ocean floor, um, Tony Stark's father, mm -hmm. to where yeah. she has it. So you could get, so that's like, that, that was in the 40s, and this is all the way in the 90s, so you're talking about a 50 year gap. So, uh, yeah, they got so I, I got the sense that that was that empty desk was after Infinity War. I, uh, I got the sense oh. that the cat is still around, and that was that was still in <laughs> the same cat. timeline. Oh, and there have been multiple cosmic Indeed. cubes in the book. Wait, what now? There have okay. been multiple cosmic cubes in the book, so okay. I, I'm not convinced yeah. that's not a separate one. Okay. Wow. Uh, there, there's also there's also stories of Fury how he loses his eye you know completely different than the yeah. story that was told I, I read something too it was like well if you had actually had your eye scratched out by a cat would you actually tell somebody that story yeah. or would you make something <laughs> up uh, you know, like, point I think, that the, would be I think Fury's arc was really interesting in this movie because we've largely been asked to take him out uh, you know we, he's he's awesome just believe me you know and outside yeah. of the one scene in civil war which is basically his car doing all the work he hasn't yeah. done a whole lot and so <laughs> when you and then you, you see this movie and it's really like okay yes he is have some skills at tradecraft yes he does have a vision uh and he's obviously a leader but his reputation may be built on a lot more like misdirection and BS than we would have wanted to believe so I, mm -hmm. and I thought that was well, that was an interesting way to develop him as well yeah because yeah. it's not like it's not like he was gonna he's not awesome because he saved the world when all these no it's dude, just you build up his story over time and he's more of a legend than anything right mm -hmm. Hutch are you okay with the potential non-continuity issues I'm not good with that basically no. that made her the the second Avenger, I mean, or the number one, maybe the, se the first Avenger. Yeah, uh, well, that was her name. And here's and, and the other thing is that yeah, and that thing at the end with the airplane, uh, yeah, naming the naming this shit stuff uh, after her. Yeah, yeah. That, that was now that's corny. Yeah, that was corn. But there's a whole lot of corn in this movie. Um, make here's my thing, and I don't know about you guys, but. If, if she's number one, or she was the first, you know, and she's the super badass character, 
she should be on the front team or the first team with the Avengers now. She shouldn't be the backup mm-hmm. reserve character. Well, that's because you have an Earth-centric mentality. <laughs> because you believe that the primary threats to the multiverse take place on, on Earth. But if yeah, you accept well, the fact that there's more important things in the universe, then that's what she's been doing. Uh, well, what about Thanos? I mean, Thanos has been making his moves for the last, what, two or three hundred years, right? So yeah, yeah, She's she, probably yeah. been out fighting Eternity and that dude with two faces and uh, <laughs> yeah. a bunch of Celestials e- ego, and all that nonsense. Ego, yeah. Yeah. ego yeah. 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 I, I mean... I, I get what you're saying. Like I don't. I, I totally understand what you're saying, Hutch. In that sense, I think more than anything, this is just storytelling. In the sense that, like, hey, we're going to go through this, and then we're going to see what we're going to do as they go through these phases or whatever. I, I just, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I, I can understand that. Like I and said, that, the continuity issues were kind of weird for me too. But right. go ahead. Yeah, and that, and as far as I mean, this is going to be, of course, going to be compared to Wonder Woman. Uh, Wonder yeah. Woman, except for the last, the fight scene at the end. I would take the one in Captain Marvel over Wonder Woman, but Wonder Woman is a better movie. I, uh, I, I, I probably agree movie. with. Um, I probably agree. Actually, uh, uh, it, it, yeah. Wonder Woman. I mean, overall, it's a good movie. That you know, like I said, the last mm. twenty minutes, half hour, it was kind of a waste. But uh, overall, as far as writing, I think it was a little better. Uh, yeah, I think Wonder Woman was a better uh, overall movie, except for that last fight scene. Damn, I wish they could yeah, change, that, change uh, that out. Yeah, that, um, that yeah. Uh, I, I we talked about this actually on the Marvel hacks the last time. It's like I think that scene for No Man's Land and Wonder Woman is probably one of the best scenes or comic book movie really, you know, ever. Uh, right. But the rest of that movie that's in front of it and behind it are ass cheeks. Um, the <laughs> villain is terrible. The CGI is worse yet. Uh, the yeah. contrived it's all love just interest. fish out of water trope the whole time. Yeah, and it's and, and mm. for the the contrived love interest. It, yeah, that it's yeah, it's full of tropes. So, uh, I, one of the things I liked about Captain Marvel's arc is that you know we have all these origin stories where uh, they're they're underpowered at the beginning because uh, you know they're either stupid or they haven't figured it out or they still have hurt feelings and whatnot. And so, you know, in this one, she's actually, you know, she has a device implanted in her neck which restricts her powers uh, that she finds the strength to break off and from that point is everything she can be. And it's like, it's more of a symbol of not like she didn't believe she was good enough, that she had been held back and you can infer that's because she's a woman and other aspects of society. And this was a message directly against that. And I think in terms of the writing, if you want to look at Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel as empowering for female characters and females in general, like Captain or Wonder Woman was still seen through the lens of a man, and her overarching story was about her love for a man, and that's not the case with Captain Marvel. You know, she had problems with her family that didn't define her. She had other friends. She didn't have all the opportunities. She went out and found her own opportunity. Even when she's held down, she looked within herself and became more powerful because of it. So I, I think if you want to talk about writing perspective, I think actually hitting that core message that really does need to be told, and I say that from having sat there with my daughter and watched it, I mean, I think from that perspective, the writing in Captain Marvel to tell that part of the story is that much more powerful. And I think to your earlier point about the relationship with with um, Monica, not Monica, um, Maria, uh, photon. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Maria. Yeah. You know, so that's as good as you're going to get if you're looking for LGBTQ representation. Having you know, Marvel or Disney is going to allow you to watch that movie and and believe that's there, but they're never going to say it. I mean, that's that's right. as much as you're going to get from right. Disney. And so, if you were looking for that, then you know it's coded in there as well. So from that perspective, I think this movie succeeded in bringing a female character, female hero, to the screen much better than Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, we all got different perspectives or whatever because we see it through certain lenses. So I I don't, you know, again, I I tend to lean more towards Brother Beavis, but if y'all listen to this podcast, you know we share a brain. But I I just (laughs) think that more than anything, 
more than anything, it didn't fall into those tropes of like, hey, we got to give her a love interest and it's got to be a dude. Like, you know, if you were waiting for her and Jude Law, you know, right. to go to, you know, holla and, you know, and get in the bed sheets or whatever, like you were going to be sadly disappointed by this information because I, it didn't I, I happen, didn't need you that. Know? I, I just need yeah, a good well, I'm just saying. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying, though, Hutch? Like, all, uh, many of these movies will throw the contrived love interest stuff in there as if that was a, you know, to bring in a certain audience or whatever to the movies. You know, Iron Man has done it. Spider-Man has done it. You know, even Captain America, at least yes. the first one, did it. You know what I mean? Right. And so it's not like and it's those, and unheard of. Parts, well, some of the worst parts of those movies. Right, exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, the fact of not doing the fact of not doing it and taking that chance or whatever to not do it is, you know, in a sense, brave on their part. And yeah, like I said, it, it seemed to me that they were telling that story that those two but, but, were a couple that uh, didn't, you know, hit it off this, or whatever because but this she is, died. But, but this is Disney. Disney's been doing, making uh, super heroines and women of, of power and whatnot for almost 70 years now. So, right. I'm, I mean, right. if anybody's going to do it right, they should be the ones to do it. And I think so right. this movie missed it in mm-hmm. part. Well, and also, but in saying what you're saying, a lot of those movies that you're talking about are all tied to them finding love with a man. And their lives aren't complete until they find a man. It's not I mean, Mr. Again, Mrs. Mulan. I mean, that, like I said. But I'm not saying. But I'm. But, isn't it, though? The, who does no, she wind up? Who does Mulan wind up with at the end of the movie, man? Well, of course they're going to do Mulan that shit. Mulan wears up. Okay, yeah. so what are you talking about? But, uh, Mulan winds up earning the, the respect the of her king. The superhero movie in and of itself should be good. Uh, whether they, you know, whether they're kissing or whatever with some dude or chick. I mean, yeah, this, I this movie kind of missed I, it. Yeah. Okay, I understand what you're saying. I think you're missing, the, I think, the, the point that he was making, and I am too, is that it... A lot of those movies are told from the perspective that if, as, a, as a girl or a young woman or whatever, your your story isn't complete until you find somebody, a dude. And uh, I, they didn't go there through that story. Because the only Disney movie that didn't do that where the star is, is essentially Frozen. You know, it's a Disney princess yeah, movie. It's the only that. one that didn't. Yet. And that we, we'll see Frozen 2 Electric Boogaloo when it comes out to see if that happens. So, I, I hear what you're saying. Though. I, I totally, totally get Disney- it. Disney... Uh, I, I would, it seemed like well, it ahead. seemed like Disney was trying to make up for Marvel not having a, a, a really good female character to represent women, and they tried to I mean, retro. They, they tried to retro it all, and it, I don't think it worked that well. And, they, and they again, in the we talked about. Go ahead. I, I, yeah, I was just going to say they should have went with Black Widow earlier. They should have got a, yes. a movie off the ground for her. Yep. Because that's an established character. Everybody knows her. It would have been natural. For, to do that yep. uh, for whatever reason they and, didn't but uh, eh, yeah and when it comes out now it's going to feel like it's forced like it will yeah, like Black probably. Widow the solo movie is now going to feel like it's awful. forced possibility well, mm, we'll just go see Lucy if you wanted to go see Black Widow but anyway um, alright so there's that so at the end of the movie uh, Captain Marvel takes the scrolls off into space and you know they do the, it's essentially the Battlestar Galactica ending you know, because they just shoot off and like, and now searching for a lost planet. Uh, so, um, yeah, there's that. All right, so the movie ends then, and we get the post credit. You know, uh, again, in my movie theater, it's been ten plus year movies. It's, it's nine o'clock or nine twenty. I still see people getting up and leaving the damn movie theater. I'm like, what? <laughs> who are you people, man? Who are you? Why are you leaving? People that spent fifteen, sixteen bucks for a movie that was it. That's what it was. Yeah. No, I don't yeah. think it's that. I think people just, they have no idea. They just, really, people just randomly go see movies. So, uh, I think, you know, they just randomly yeah. go, they don't on, know. The on the first right night, there. the first night you would go see this? Yes. That means, that means you're, yes. you're hardcore if you're going to see that stuff on the first night. Uh, okay. mm. And, they, and I, you, I you should know just, about the endings by well, now, too, if you're going to see on the first night. I think people really just randomly walk up to movies and go to them. Like, I really do. Like, I mean, we talked about this on Infinity Wars. Like, people just randomly showed up to go see that. Like, and again, you had to see damn 13, 14 movies beforehand for it to completely make sense. And people are just like, yeah, you know, let's go try this one. Okay. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> so they leave off Battlestar style. We get our post credit scene. It's post the snap uh, as the Avengers that are left. I think I don't think Thor was there. 
and they're you know kind of checking to see what had happened and um you know they had they had her two uh Fury's two-way pager which she had modified for him uh at near the end of the movie before she took off her space it's like hey okay you know they had been sending a signal and had it stopped they're like i don't know why it stopped you know trying to reboot it or whatever and then you know just a quick camera turn and there's carol it's like where's fury in credits you know like i was like whoa i'm all hyped up now just telling the story getting goosebumps or whatever so um it's kind of how did you feel about the end credit scene then sam um yeah, that that inst- uh, credit scene was a uh, um, impact because I mean you got the uh, the main Avengers crew there: Cap, Black Widow, uh, Bruce Banner, War um, Machine. I think that was all of them. And um, yeah. you know, because uh, yeah, I can tell you in my viewings, the, the crowd immediately perked up when they they all uh, were on the screen, and and it fills in the last gap. You know, the the communicator they they find the communicator from Fury uh, after after the snap. And she shows up, and and now we're at the beginning of a end game now, and all the major players have finally arrived. So, yeah, that was a that was a nice uh, end game. Uh, I mean, um, post game um, scene. So, yeah, yeah. Hux, that's the, the best part of the movie. The end. Yeah. <laughs> Beyond. The movie. I'll say this uh, before I throw it to Brother Beavis. Do you think that movie gets hurt by the fact that pretty much people are less like, yeah, blah, 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 tell me how this is going to affect the Avengers Endgame? Do I think it gets hurt by that? Yes. It gets hurt. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think that the whole appeal of this was we were told at the end of the movie that she was important to it. And the, I think what the 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 telling part of it is if, her, if she's just going to presumably near the beginning of of Endgame be drawn and make contact with the Avengers and go from there as opposed to finding them having some fake fight before they can be friends or rescuing Tony yeah. out of the blue <laughs> yeah. you know I think it's better to just bring her in and say alright now what do we do and I also mm-hmm. thought it was interesting that Thor wasn't there because really I mean if, if there's someone else on her power level it's him is what we've been led right. to believe her and mm-hmm. and maybe Iron Man at his best with all his tech. Hulk Buster. Um, <laughs> Hulk, yeah. yeah. If Hulk can get over his performance problems, you know, I think uh, it, <laughs> I didn't. I guess I wasn't paying attention. Nice. I didn't realize that Endgame was coming out so soon. I think the yeah. you know an issue Next is it's, it only has a five week run. One month, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so. I mean, it runs right up into it. Um, I think it's April 26th, you know, tickets not yet on sale, you know. I'll get I mean, if you think about how long Black Panther was, was making money in the theater, it was I'm pretty sure it was more than six weeks. So, yeah, that might be the, 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 the part that hurts it is this, it, based on this first weekend, you know, if it has legs, then that, you know, a new movie right on its heels, that could hurt it. Right. Hutch, what happens if, and just, you know, kind of throwing this out there, what happens if Captain Marvel, a character that's been around for a very long time, but nobody really had, you know, she got wrestling. But yeah, but I mean, we use wrestling, (laughs) uh, you know, kind of terms on here. She got a push really within the last 10, 12 years or whatever, where it's really been a thing. What if a movie like that outperforms Wonder Woman in the box office? You know, like, what does that say about maybe either the Wonder Woman movie or the DC brand or both? If this, I, I, well, I right now, this, I right now, Aquaman is take, the flagship of that universe. Right. I don't think this is going to take. Well, I don't think this is going to go past Wonder Woman. But if it does, I mean, I mean, the, we're going to see a whole bunch of women solo movies. Uh, I don't know who would be next, but hmm. uh, other than I mean, Black Widow, man. Yeah, I'd be shocked. I mean, I, I want good movie. I don't care who's kissing what, whatever. I want good movie <laughs> where I'm happy and make them fit into continuity or make a new continuity if, it, if it's good. I don't give a rat. Just make good movies. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think it says something about Captain Marvel versus Wonder Woman character or movie per se because I think you have to pile in the fact that 
again this is the 20 either, either the first or the 21st chapter of a story uh <laughs> that you're gonna see anyway so i mean i think it get a push just from being you know part of everything that's come before so right yeah right. just like yeah a built-in built audience if if Justice League was better because of Wonder Woman or vice versa, I mean, they, you know, they haven't had success in one movie that's translated to another yet uh, in the way that Marvel and, has. And, 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 oof, and actually, yeah. several, oof, and Aquaman shouldn't be their flagship, but it, it is. No, it it's like money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so there's, all right, so to wrap up here, and I had sent you all this thing, like, uh, to do your kind of top fives because I don't think either of us are going to have well I could be wrong about the bottom five with Hutch here but I don't think anybody's going to have it in their top five on either way bottom five or top five nope. so kind of as a readjustment because we haven't done this in a while you know kind of what is your top five MCU movies you know I know there's been some adjustment and I, I would imagine most of us maybe save for one probably have the same five movies that'd be my guess and probably the bottom five would probably be similar too. So, Sandman, if you have it, that's fine. Or if you need to think about it, we'll just move yeah. on. Um, whoever's yeah. up. So, okay, who's what's your five in order? Okay, yeah, my top five. I got Infinity War, the, the first Avengers, uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier, Civil War, and Black Panther. Top five. Uh, do you want the bottom five? We'll hold off on that. Okay, so Infinity yeah. War, yeah, uh, your five are exactly my five. Um, right. You know, but, but not necessarily order, but the same five movies. Right. Sam, or Brother Beavis. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, Infinity War number one, <laughs> Civil War number two, Avengers three, First Avenger number four, Winter Soldier mm-hmm. five. Um, okay. I, it's I, the thing that got me chuckling is like the wild card is. Uh, apparently, whether you see yourself as a white man in the movie, so black. Because I got Captain America, where you guys got uh, Cap first Black Avenger, Panther. The Black Panther. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Understood. <laughs> Understood. All right, Hot uh, Top Five. I got uh, Infinity Wars number one, Black Panther number two, Iron Man number three, Captain America: Civil War number four, and I got Avengers one number five. Yeah, so Winter Soldier didn't make the top five. That's wild, too. Okay, I had Infinity War, Winter Soldier, Avengers, Black Panther, and my tie was Iron Man and Civil War. So, I mean, again, essentially the same movies, you know, say for Brother Beavis' first Avenger run there, uh, the Captain America. So, I mean, it's essentially like the same five movies. They're fairly consistent, you know, uh, I, I, I feel pretty good about that. The bottom five. I think is the other part of that too is it's the movies that are most central to the overarching story, for the correct. Most part. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, Black Panther's a, a kind of a one-off in there, but the rest of them are. Yes, they're all kind of continuity tied in. Even well, the Black Panther. But Black Panther good. set the scene for the final Infinity half of Infinity War. War. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> right. right. Bottom five then. Uh, Hodge, go first. I got uh, an order. Well, um, yeah, so five to one or one to five. All right, so oh, shit, the worst of the worst. Does them Ghost Riders count? No. <laughs> no, that's not MCU. <laughs> <laughs> we could go on forever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Fan so, stick also uh, off the list. Iron Man, Iron Man. Damn, Aven- no, Avengers Ultron is probably the worst to me. Ugh. I can't barely watch mm-hmm. it. Iron Man mm-hmm. three, ugh, four number mm-hmm. two, mm-hmm. shit, Thor number uh, one, and uh, mm-hmm. and, and Iron Man two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Brother Beavis. Uh, at worst, Iron Man three, Incredible Hulk, Age of Ultron, Guardians two. And Thor Ragnarok. Mm. Oh, you hated Ragnarok. That's right. I forgot about Damn. him. Mm. Well, wow. don't well, share brain on that one. Sandman. <laughs> yeah. Sandman. Uh, uh, bottom spot. I got Iron Man two, and Iron Man three, Thor two, mm. uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, and uh, Guardians two. <laughs> A different you one. hated Ant Man and the Wasp. It's not that I hated it. It's just I didn't like it as much as the other ones. 
Okay. Yeah, I can see how that winds up in there too. I guess well, I had, had from the. We're well, ever gonna do all thing. the um all the movies together, man. We, we got to form Voltron with these Ghost Riders and Fantastic Fours and Spider Mans. We, we shouldn't oh, be dividing up because of We shouldn't be dividing up because of the because of the movie house that created them. Well, I mean, um, again, yeah, t- t- you should. We're we're <laughs> running we're we're running around fifty five minutes right now, and we've only talked about one movie. So, um, <laughs> that's a good damn that point. That would probably that would probably take a solid three hour podcast or recorded in three parts. But I understand what you're saying. All right, I understand what we you're can, saying. We can form a Voltron, man. If we gonna do the shit, gotta do it right. I hear you. All right, my bottom five are. I, Iron Man three is a god awful movie to me. GD, and it's very. It's, it's very close, though. Guardians 2 probably should be in that spot. Because there are some redeeming qualities in some parts of Iron Man 3. I don't know that there's any redeeming qualities in Guardians 2. That's just a butt-cheek, terrible movie. Uh, so, Isn't Iron Man great? 3, Guardians 2, Thor 2, Iron Man 2, even though I don't hate it as much, I don't dislike it as some of, as much as other people, but I can see how it's there, and then The Incredible Hulk. Um, I like that. that yes. Yeah, so there are so I mean so there's similarities and crossovers there too. It's I mean it's just not surprising, you know. And I think more than anything, it tells us that the other movies that are in between this are all you know, for lack of a better term, they're all kind of the same. They tell an overarching story that gets us to where we really want to in the top five, but there's not a whole lot of uniqueness in them, um, in and of itself. You know, so even though Ant-Man was a unique movie because it was really like a, you know, a, a caper and Doctor Strange was this kind of, you know, trippy, whatever kind of movie, like they are different. But, you know, a lot of the other movies, because they were all trying to get us to Infinity War, which all of us have at number one, really, you know, they're really kind of just, you know, kind of vehicles to get you to a point. So that's kind of was the point that I was trying to get to. Right. Okay. Interesting. The fact that we all have pretty much the same ones was kind of telling, too. Um, <laughs> except for that first Avenger, Brother Beavis. Golly, you the man on that one. Um, <laughs> you're an island on that one, man. I, I have it yep. in the middle somewhere, but yeah, that's all good. All right. All right, so that wraps up our Captain Marvel review. Uh, we probably have one more show left in Season 5 of the Marvel Hacks. I didn't even look at what books were coming out this week because we knew we had the movies stuck in the middle of the week. Uh, Sandman has seen it twice. I have seen it once, 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 every round for everybody else. Is this a rewatchable movie, though, for you, Brother Beavis? DVD or Yeah, I think so. I do want to see it again. Um, I think there's probably some stuff I missed. Yeah. Gotcha. Hutch, that's a no for you. Yeah, you got a bad Jackson. Solid no. (laughs) All right, yeah, it's a rewatch for me. I I, I do want to see parts of it. Um, just more than anything, just to kind of try if I, if I can figure out the, the confusing parts. Now, is it a rewatch in the movie theater? Eh, I don't know about that, but uh, I do want to see it again. Uh, oh, okay, cool. All right. I ch- you know what? That's kind of funny that you say that, Hutch, because I watched it into the Spider-Verse last night, and I was like, man, you put that movie in there with this mix of movies. Hmm. That's a really good movie. Uh, holy cow. Like, I mean, I hadn't watched it since I seen it in the movie theater. I was like, man, you know what? Wife's asleep. I'm up. Let me turn this on. I hadn't seen it. That's a really good movie. Not like, oh, you know, that's a good movie. No, that's a really good movie. Forget it being a cartoon. Holy cow. Uh, Incredible well, number one still is probably the best of all of all the cartoon movies. Uh, it's not a terrible movie. I'm not saying that it is. Incredibles 2 is not a bad movie, by the way. You probably didn't see it. But I it's not a bad movie. No, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, of course not. But, I mean, you know, having to wait 15, 16 years between movies, that definitely didn't help the situation at all. Um, not at all. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, we'll wrap up Season 5 probably this week with uh, Marvel Hacks as we close out the books for this week or this season. Uh, I'm not sure what books they're going to be as of yet, but one more episode and then we'll take our little bit of a hiatus and we'll probably come right back as we're starting to get ready for an uh, Avengers uh, Endgame. Um, that'll be interesting. Uh, I assure you, I, as the producer of this podcast, we will not be running down our worries and angst about that movie before it comes out. Uh, we're just going to be like, it's going to be good. We don't care. We don't care what anybody <laughs> says. If it's three hours long, we, we, we will definitely not be uh, 
uh, tripping like we did before Infinity War last year because we all look kind of silly. Anyway. All right, so I'm the producer of this podcast. I'm going to be able to find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, you'll be able to find me at Brothers Comics on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You'll be able to find Sandman at Sandman415 on Facebook and Twitter. Hutch and Brother Beavis are in the ether. All right, man. That's it. I don't know, Hutch. You think we're going to do the uh, the Blackity Black podcast, man? We waiting on you. You're waiting on me. Waiting oh on gosh. you. Brother you're, Beavis, man. You're, Brother you're, Beavis. You're the, one on the, you're the one on the honeydew list. Honeydew. Honeydew. Uh, <laughs> Brother Beavis, man, now, don't come. tell us that. You, don't tell us you never got invited to these things because it's, I mean, it's sitting right there in front of you right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you gotta do, but we, we might have to throw it out there. I still have to produce that whole show, so whatever. But yeah, just FYI, it, it will be, it will happen. We'll let you know on the text chain. So yeah, we'll get it up right. and running. Y'all got us. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a really nice day here. Last week I wanted to do it, and I sent y'all that picture. I was literally at the beach for like five hours. That definitely wouldn't happen. So. All right. So, uh, yeah, so that's it. So we'll get to sign off here as X-Men, the animated music plays us out. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and sign off as a producer. Uh, Hutch. Go- oh, no, Hutch goes last. Uh, Sandman, go ahead and sign off. Sayonara, people. See you later. All right. Uh, Brother Beavis, sign off. All right. See you guys in a week. Yeah, hopefully. All right, Hodge's going to get fired. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. He was indeed. All right, we'll see everybody on the other side. Peace. Peace later.